0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is a podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we are coming in hot. You have asked about this guest in my Instagram DMs, and he is finally here talking about his journey in food television from his first show on Food Network, which aired All the way back in 1994 to his latest series nearly three decades later. He is one of my personal mentors and friends. He is a chef, restaurateur, cookbook author and an Emmy Award winning television host. He has headlined over two dozen television shows and is back for more with Bobby's Triple Threat. It is, of course, Bobby Flay. I am so excited. I can finally say these words. Bobby Flay, welcome to Food Network Obsessed. How are you?
1: I'm great, Jamie. It's always good to see you. You know, I love uh, hanging out with you. So um, this should be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Every time I ask our fans who they would like to hear on the pod, you are the most requested guest. So I could not be more thrilled, especially because you have been so instrumental in my transition from sports media to food media I might not be sitting here right now talking to you on this podcast if it wasn't for meeting you at uh, at ESPN like six years ago um, so I'm gonna for people that don't know the story let's just reminisce for a second um, you were on SportsCenter uh, the show that I was hosting at the time you were actually doing a bunch of shows that day they call it the car wash at ESPN I remember being excited and nervous to talk to you what do you remember about that day
1: well, I remember I was nervous as well because I was basically. What? Well, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was I was out of my element. You know, it's first of all, I'm a sports fan. So mm-hmm. like uh, you, you you hit on the fact that they call it the car wash. Um, I'll just <laughs> explain that a little bit. You basically yeah. basically what happened was Erica Slavin, who runs PR for the network, you know, set. We were doing, I think, Next Food Network Star or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she, um, she set up a, it's basically a tour of all the shows at ESPN. (laughs) So you go to the campus in Bristol, Connecticut, and, um, and you, you go from one studio to the next, whether it's like radio or TV, um, you know, sports center. I mean, it's like, and so for a sports fan, it's like, like, I was like in awe of it. (laughs) And, you know, of course I, of course I knew who you were, and I was like, "Oh wow! Like this is this is like completely out of my element. Like I'm I'm not I'm not cooking scrambled eggs today. Like, <laughs> I have to actually do an interview. So no, it was, but it was but th- but then um, I got some inside scoop that you were a fan of Network." So that made me feel a little bit better. So and, and and obviously we hit it off, right? We've been friends ever since.
0: Yeah, we have. I mean, I have yeah. been on Beat Bobby Flay a handful of times, and and we've just kept in touch. Well,
1: you're, you're 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 really good on Beat Bobby Flay. I mean, that's the thing about you is that you have this rah-rah situation going on no matter what you're doing in your life. And I don't know if that's from working at ESPN or whatever it is, but like, it's like you know, let's face it, Beat Bobby Flay is an athletic event. I mean. There's, you know, there's a, there's a time limit. There's lots of, there's lots of running, there's competing, there's a lot of trash talk. It's all of that. And you play into that incredibly well. Um, so it's always good to have you on the show.
0: No, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you saying that because uh, I love coming on. I, I get so excited um, when I when I get the email from from uh, Rock Shrimp Productions. Um, so, uh, looking forward to to many more, hopefully. And we're gonna talk all about yeah, all sure. about that. We're gonna talk about your new show, Bobby's Triple Threat. Um, but more importantly, how are Nacho and Stella doing? Nacho's a busy guy. Uh,
1: they're great. You know, obviously, you know, if, if you know me at all, like people know that I love my cats. They are so important to me. Um, they're both Maine Coons. They're these big, they're the biggest domestic cats that you can get. And, um, they're so, they're so lovely. They have a great demeanor and they're important. Listen, I grew up with cats. That's the way it is. I, I always feel like, you know, what you grew up with in your childhood is what you wind up having, you know, for the rest of your life. And my mom always had two or three cats in my house. Always.
0: same, same. And I was
1: a, and I was an only child, Jamie. So like these these were my these were my brothers. I mean, these were my siblings. I, I always say that I was raised by cats, you know? And so, yeah, so they're they're obviously, you know, and Nacho is like famous in his own right. Oh. He's got, what does he have? 240,000 followers or something? He's got his own. He's an I mean,
0: entrepreneur. In, he's I mean, he's yeah. all over the place.
1: Yeah, he's got his own cat food made by Nacho. We have there's like 85 skews now. Wow! I mean, it's like it's just 25 employees. He's got a big company. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. He.
0: I mean, I. I aspire to be like Nacho at some point. Um. Don't we all? Don't. By we the all? way, we had Ted Allen on last year. He claims to have started the main coon trend amongst the Food Network talent because it's kind of a thing now.
1: It is a thing. Is, is that thing. accurate, I, I, or
0: do you take credit?
1: Well, <laughs> well he, no. I. I definitely don't okay. take credit. Actually, I. I got turned on to, um. The main coon situation by Ann Burrell.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Who already had two, and then I got one, and then I got another one. Um, and but Ted already had them. Okay. So we didn't we didn't know that he had.
0: Oh, okay. It. But
1: but Anne Burrell was the person that turned me on. Okay. To, to them, sure. and yeah, Daphne Oz has uh, a couple of main coons. Uh, Eric Repair, the chef at Le down has a couple of Maine. Coons. I mean, it's like a chef thing.
0: <laughs> I guess but they're,
1: they're such cool cats. They're such cool cats. You you got to get you got to get on the train. I, How's Maze doing?
0: Maze is great. I think Maze. I mean, Maze is smaller, obviously, than a Maine Coon, but he thinks he's yeah. like a German Shepherd. So I think that he would. um I don't know if you would take kindly to he. He's he's very alpha. He's a he's a one cat. uh Is he named after Willie Mays? He is named after Willie Mays. Yes. Oh, I got it. When I want to I love yeah, that. Yeah, when I was in San Francisco, um, you know, I was covering the Giants, so it's and he's orange, so it seemed like the the perfect fit. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> all right, well, I won't yeah. bore our listeners with uh, all all of the cat talk. Let's let's get into the fu- cat talk. <laughs> <laughs> Food network. Um, okay. you know, talk as well. Uh we like I mentioned, we're going to talk all about the new show, but I want to go back to the very beginning because I feel like we don't hear about the the origin stories with you as much because you've been at the network for so long and you have had so much success. Let's go back to the very beginning. I know you had your first show, Grillin' and Chillin', uh, premiere about 26 years ago, but your Food Network career started even before that. What do you remember about that time?
1: Well, I remember Food Network being announced. I, was <laughs> the, I owned a restaurant called Mesa Grill, and I remember them announcing Food Network is going to be, a, it, it was called the Television Food Network. The
0: Television Food Network. And
1: <laughs> the Television Food Network was the original name, and It was going to be a 24 hour cable network. And I was like, this is going to last a week. (laughs) I mean, like, seriously, what could they possibly talk? How much can they talk about food for 24 hours? And clearly I've been wrong by about 28 years so far. (laughs) Um, and, uh, listen, it's been a great journey for me in the beginning, just so you know, it was, you know, a startup cable network and it was, it wasn't even on, It came on in New York, I think, at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. That's what time it came on. Yeah. And, you know, they had no money. They had no budget. So if you weren't in New York and if you couldn't get there by subway or taxi, you weren't going to be on the network. I mean, they weren't flying people in from, like, Minneapolis or L.A. (laughs) You know, that that was not happening. And so I did a couple of shows. And one of the shows was a show with Robin Leach. People don't know this. Robin Leach. This is an amazing story, especially now now, now listen to you. Don't even know this. Okay. Thing, I can tell. <laughs> so, Robin Leach, like, had a piece of the network or something, because he was friends with the guy that started. And he was like, you, like, Robin was like the, was like the the big celebrity on the on the network. And he had a show called Talking Food, and it was an hour long show or two hours long. I can't even remember. And it came on at like ten or eleven o'clock, and he would come back. He would go to the Knicks games. He was a big Knicks fan. And he would come back after the Knicks games, you know, maybe ha- had a beer or two at the game, <laughs> of course, as you do. And he would, and he right, and he would interview like B and C celebrities, you know. I mean, we couldn't. I mean, at the t- at that time, they couldn't get any A plus, so, you know, celebrities. That nobody knew what the Food Network was. And he had a sidekick named Kate Connolly, and she. She did the cooking segments with the chefs. And the cooking segments, like you know on the Today Show, they're like two and a half, three minutes mm-hmm. long. These were like 15 to 18 minutes long. Oh. It went on forever. <laughs> and it was live. It was live. So I, I did the show like a handful of times, like five or six times. So, so I, started to get, I started to get to know Kate. And then Kate and I went out and had a dinner a couple of times. And lo and behold, that's Sophie's mother.
0: Wow. Really? Yeah,
1: people don't know that. Sophie is the, Sophie is the first product of Food Network.
0: Wow.
1: She's the first kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm blown away by this story. So yeah. like Food Network really is to credit for all of your success, not only professionally, yeah. but but in your your personal life as well.
1: Yeah. So Kate and I got Kate and I got married. You know, Sophie was born. So then after that, I got my own show called Grilling and Chillin'. And I and I remember exactly what it was because Sophie was 10 days old when we started shooting it it was on the back lot of the of the home shopping network in, outdoors in Clearwater, Florida. And we shot 42 episodes in six days. We shot seven a day. What? No editing.
0: 42 episodes?
1: 42 episodes. And it ran for years. And it was really bad television. I mean, we were awful, but it was so bad. It was good. It was almost like it became like a cult thing. It was like we have to watch how bad these guys are. It was me and this guy, Jack McDavid, and we were grilling outside. I was the city guy; he was the country guy. You know, we were grilling. I, I named the show "Grilling and Chilling." I mean, it was crazy. I mean, that was that was the beginning of my of my Food Network career right there. It was nuts.
0: Wow, I feel like we need to. Are do those like tapes exist anywhere? What like what kind of format was that on? We got to dig those up. I I have burned I have
1: burned every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I snuck into the Food Network uh, vault one day, and I just—I literally bu- burnt them all. So they're—they're—they're they're, they're out.
0: Yeah, I—they're—they're they're out there somewhere because you know I. I recently did like a speaking engagement at at Washington state where I went to college and somebody had found these old, like I I used to host this movie review show (laughs) um, and somebody found a couple of these old episodes and put them on YouTube. And it's so embarrassing. to. I mean, it was, I was in college, I was a sophomore and I was, it was probably the first TV thing I had ever done. And yeah, it's cringy to watch that back. I mean, I
1: I mean, I looked, uh, first of all, awful. First of all, I didn't know what I was doing on t- in terms of TV.
0: <laughs> well, well, you've certainly come a long way since then. And um, and and your career, I guess, has kind of been, as we just found out, a, a very close uh, related to, to Sophie and just her her life. And, and and you guys are now working together. So it's kind of come full circle, I guess, uh, on Food Network. Um, and we had the pleasure of having her on a few months ago. She was fantastic, of course. Um, you guys just were on Bobby and Sophie on the coast. You have a podcast together and now you have a new cookbook coming out October 11th. It's called Sundays with Sophie Flay family recipes for any day of the week. Um, what is it like for you getting to work with your daughter and all these different projects?
1: Well, it's fantastic because it doesn't feel like work. (laughs) She says the same thing. I hope I believe her, you know, Um, because I can imagine what it's like working with her dad. But, you know, Sophie's a cool person. I mean, she's just, everybody that meets Sophie loves her. She's, you know, the thing about Sophie is that she's, you know, she's smart and she's savvy um, and she's cool. She's like on top of like what's going on in the world, but she's also really sweet and nice and she's inclusive. Like she doesn't, she's not like trying, she'll never be the cool girl that keeps the other girls out of the, out of the circle. Like she's, she's so inclusive and it's one of the things that I'm most proud about her which is that um, you know she she's just a nice kid you know she's a ni- I shouldn't even say she's a kid because she's a, <laughs> she's a, she's, a, she's a lady she's 26 um, she's a, she's a nice woman and 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 uh, you know listen I get the most joy when people meet her for the first time or spend a little time with her and they say to me I, I everybody says the same thing to me they're like either. I want to be Sophie or I just want to hang out with Sophie yeah. or I just love Sophie. Like she, everybody you know, wants to gravitate towards her um, way more than her dad. That's for sure. Which is totally fine. I mean, she is just, she has that sort of that little magic sprinkle, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, she makes me look like I knew what I was doing as a parent.
0: <laughs> uh, she told a good story actually. Uh, when we were on the, we had her on the podcast about how after she graduated college, you were basically like, all right, congrats, time to get a job and get a place of your own. Bye. Well,
1: uh, listen, Jamie, I mean, she wanted to come back and live with me. And I was single <laughs> at the time. I was like, no, you get, get out of here. Like, that's it. You've, you've spent the last four years learning how to live on your own. Now just do it in the, in the wild. This is it, you know? And so she, she came and lived with me for a month or two. And then she, you know, she moved back to Los Angeles, actually, and then started her uh, journalist c- career which she's, you know, obviously done so well.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, my mom did the same thing to me pretty much. Um, but, you know, I'm thankful for it because, you know, it, it, it forced you to get, like, get out and just figure, figure stuff out.
1: And she kept saying to me, she kept saying to me, like all my other friends' parents, like they want them to come and live with them. I'm like, no, that, that, <laughs> that time of your life is over. This is it.
0: I mean, as a parent, how, how proud are, are you of the way that she has kind of carved out this own path for herself?
1: Well, you know, it's, listen, um, Sophie's had a very nice life. Let's not, let's, let's not, you know, uh, understate that. But she also has, you know, some difficulties, you know, being, being a a daughter of somebody like me is not easy because the first question, the first question she gets asked every single time is, do you want to be a chef? Do you cook a lot? You know, it's, you know, she has to kind of, she has to go through the, the moment of being, you know, Bobby's daughter. And I, and Listen, she handles it incredibly well. She decided really early on that she wanted her, her own lane. And in fact, so much so that she didn't really start cooking at all until she was in college. And I would try to teach her how to do things. And she, like, every once in a while, she'd be like, All right, dad, let's, let's, uh, let's bake a cake today. And she'd be like, You know, 14 or something. You know, I'd start getting all the ingredients out and we'd start mixing them. And I'd turn around and she'd be like in her bathing suit in the pool.
0: Like she just <laughs> no interest,
1: no, zero interest until she got to college and she called me up one day. I mean, really you know, like early in her freshman year, she's like, dad, I got, I have a serious problem. She's like, everybody thinks that I should know how to cook everything. And I don't know how to cook anything. I was like, that's because you neglected it for your entire childhood. And I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's get you a couple of dishes that you can start with. And, you know, she picks up things along the line, but now to be perfectly honest, she doesn't even ask me questions anymore. You know where she gets her her her, her um her recipes from? TikTok. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Completely. I mean, she's like, yes, um, I have my I have you know I I have a professional chef at my fingertips, but I'm good. I'm gonna go to TikTok.
0: I mean, how how much do your tastes and references overlap when it comes to food because she still she knows her flavors obviously and she's she's oh, had yeah. the luxury of eating your food for her entire life too no, she's
1: actually becoming a very good cook um I, I mean i love when she posts her own stuff and i'm like okay that's that looks great <laughs> um and um no but she's a great eater as well i mean when she was younger i would take her to different places in the world just the two of us like a daddy and daughter kind of trip we'd go to europe like once a year just the two of us for like a week and we go to like you know you know, we'd go to London or we'd go to Paris or Barcelona and we'd eat like the classic foods. And so she always was exposed. And I, that, that's one, one of the things I always tell parents with young kids is don't make another meal for your kid. Let yeah. them eat what you're eating. And if they don't like it, it's okay. Like <laughs> they'll like it at some point. Like you, you have to expose your children to, to real food. Otherwise, they're never gonna get a good palate. So basically, okay, so the title is Sundays with Sophie. And so basically, Sophie is filling in for everybody. It's basically Sunday dinners. You know, it's like, I, 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 I came up with a lot of these dishes during the quarantine days where we were all cooking three meals a day. And this time I wrote them down. Usually I don't write anything down when I'm cooking at home. But this time I decided to write them down. And, you know, basically the idea is that it's, this is, this is these are meals for basically any day of the week for your friends and your family. And, um, you know, because Sophie is such an important part of my life and she's a family member and people now know who she is, I, I basically, I put her name in the title of the book. That's, that was sort of the idea.
0: What about burgers? How does Sophie take her burger? Um, that's a
1: good question. I mean, I like my burgers kind of, actually, I want to talk to you about burgers. Oh, Okay. Because I I have been watching you do your um smash burgers.
0: Yes, <laughs> you're a smash
1: burger fiend. You love the smash.
0: Burger. I I I, lo- I've, I just have be, you know over the last couple of years, I don't know what it is. I've just really taken an affinity to smash burgers, like the the char and the crust, and and I don't know the onions get like all caramelized and kind of fried a little bit. I just I just really like all of the flavors that go. And it kind of also I think it's just you know reminiscent of like. A backyard burger, or like a In-N-Out burger, or something like that, just like comforting, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, do you? But 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 do you ever want to eat a burger that's like like cooked medium rare or medium? Yes,
0: medium? yeah, I still do that. Yes, I mean, I still I think there's a place for both, I, and I don't even know if they're in the same category. You know, it's like one is you know. Like I said, you just want some, you know, easy comfort, like backyard burger. And sometimes you want to sit down at a at a nice restaurant and just really have like a well cooked burger with, um, you know, some toppings and nothing taken away from the, the meat, I think, is, is always the key to have like the really good quality beef.
1: Sure. Yeah. At Bobby's Burgers, um, I mean, we cook them medium unless you want them well done. So basically you can either have a medium or well done. But, but like 75% of the people actually order the medium. And I think like, like at Shake Shack, you know, they're smash burgers, you know? And I, I, listen, I think, I think you're right. I think they're two different dishes completely. I don't think you can compare them because, you know, one is like smashed and just caramelized. And it's, it's, it's about, it's about really the crust more than anything else. Yeah. You know, but listen, but melted cheese is always the most important thing in my opinion. Don't you think? What,
0: so what cheese are you going with?
1: Me, American, always
0: same, same. I think yeah. it's, I think it just melts the best. It, it doesn't, again, it doesn't interfere with the meat. Um, it's not like trying to fight it for, for the flavor, but it just kind of adds that subtle flavor and just like a creaminess that you can't get from any other cheese. I feel
1: like. Yeah, I mean, my, my, um, my place in New York City that I go to is JG Melons. Mm,
0: I love JG Melons. I've been
1: going there since I was a kid. That, that's my burger, but it's just it's such a simple burger but it's delicious. See, I think, I think people put too much stuff on burgers sometimes, you know? And then it like, if you, it's, it's like I say, if you put too much, too many ingredients on, it tastes like nothing. Like it doesn't, you can, there's, there's, you're not really tasting anything. Um, that's why if you put one or two ingredients, like, I think like pickled red onions are really great to put on because, because they have crunch and then they have the sweet and they have like the tart. Like to me, that's, that's a, That's an, that's, that's an imperative, you know, flavor. Things like that are really important. Like where that, where they have impact.
0: What, what makes the burgers at Bobby's Burgers different? Like what, what are people expecting when they go in there?
1: Well, it's a very high quality burger. It's, it's all, it's all certified Angus beef. Um, and, and we, and I teach, I teach technique. Like I teach in my high end restaurants. So, you know, lots of salt and pepper, you know, severe crust on both sides Seals in the juices beautifully. Um, there's a sign in every store that says, Bobby says, melt the cheese completely. I hate when people don't melt the cheese, right? And to me, that's what a burger is missing, is it's missing a contrast of texture. You know, a lot of times a burger is all, even like, you know, the cheese, the, 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 the beef, the bun, etc. it's all kind of soft. But when you put those crispy potato chips in there, it gives it contrast of texture. And it, to me, it's just much more fun to eat.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I love, I love adding chips to a burger, a sandwich, like a tuna melt. I think that that's uh, a great use for that as well. Um, And I, and I love the range of your restaurants, right? Because you have fun, casual burger vibe, and then you've got your upscale nod to your love slash obsession with Italy.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I am. It's such a great place. I mean, do you spend any time there?
0: Um, Italy, I haven't been in a really long time. I, I was going to go this year. The flights were kind of outrageous. So um, it's outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. So it's definitely. I need to go back, but I I, I was there a little bit. Um, you know, I studied abroad in, in Spain during college, and then I traveled for a few months after that. And yeah, I spent about two weeks in Italy at the, at the time. Um, so I was definitely down uh, on the Amalfi Coast as well. And it was, I mean, so stunning. And I definitely need to go back. And uh, But it seems like your, your restaurant kind of tries to encapsulate all of that. I mean,
1: what other country... Can you, you know, can you sip an espresso for three hours? I mean, it's just like they, they have it right. I mean, that's the thing that I, I mean, obviously the food, the culture, all those things, the place is beautiful, but it's, it's the way that they approach life in, a, in that country that I just love. And it always makes me slow down when I get back to the States for about two weeks and then I go back into 120 miles per hour. But for those two weeks, I feel like I'm living the Italian lifestyle, just kind of chilling, you know? It's so great. So nice. Ah,
0: no, it's so wonderful. I think, I think they need to give you like an honorary like visa or something like that. Yes, please. (laughs) Bobby gives us the scoop on his latest food network show, Bobby's Triple Threat, coming up next. And speaking of uh, all of the Food Network programming that you appear on, you have a shiny brand new show, Bobby's Triple Threat. And this time you're actually letting other people kind of do the cooking. So so give us the premise of this show and what makes you so excited about it.
1: I'm very excited about this show. Um, I got the idea of this show. Like people ask me all the time, like, how do you come up with all these show ideas? And it's never from a food idea. Like I never want to do, I never, a lot of times in every genre, right, Jamie? Every network has a hit show, and then everybody tries to do a version of that hit show. It's never as good as the original, so I'm never looking to do that. I'm always looking for something new. The place I get my ideas is outside of the Food Network. Okay. Um, In this case, um, Triple Threat started from a movie. Uh, It was the remake of Color of Money with Tom Cruise and Paul Newman.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: it's about Paul Newman is is a guy who is a... uh, let's just say a veteran pool shark <laughs> and he meets a young pool shark Tom Cruise and he basically, you know, without going through all the details, he basically decides he's going to mentor him and take him on the road. And so I thought to myself, I've been doing this for a long time. I like no one is competing in as many food shows as I have. No mm-hmm. no chance. And like there's so many great chefs out there who are who have accolades but really need the big stage. So I'm like, okay, how about if I open a speakeasy in a secret location in New York city. Of course, it's going to have a kitchen <laughs> and I'm going to handpick three chefs to be the house chefs. And then I'm going to act like a matchmaker and I'm going to bring in one chef a night to take on these three chefs. And if they can beat them over the night, they get to take home $25,000 and it's in a bag and it's cash and they can walk out with it.
0: There, so that's not just prop money. They're actually walking out with that money. Uh, it's prop money. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You can't, you can't use real money. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but they are getting $25,000. Oh more. no, no,
1: we, no, we're writing in the, writing in the real money. Yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love it though. It's, I, I love the vibe.
1: You love the behind the scenes stuff so much. I know. I know. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. The vibe, the vibe is really great. And so basically I handpicked these three chefs. So it's, it's people that you've seen on the network before. Michael Votaggio from LA. Um, Uh, Brooke Williamson from uh, Southern California and uh, Tiffany Derry from Dallas, you know, and I handpicked three of them and I love them all individually. And I leave them, I love them even more as a squad. They are fantastic. (laughs) And I don't know if you've seen the show or not, but I wrote the open. I have. Um, The open was um, also inspired by the Super Bowl trailer from last year with Dr. Dre and Snoop and all those guys. Yep. And, um, the trail from the trailer for their halftime show. And, you know, I wrote it in my makeup chair doing B Bobby Flay one day in 12 minutes. What? And then it, we, we, and then, yeah. And we made it come to life. I mean, it's, it's been, this is a passion project. I've been working on this show for a couple of years. Um, it's been, um, it's been really fun. And I think it's, I think it's a beautiful show and it's, it's, and it's, it's amazing cooking. It's all about the cooking. There's no gimmicks. There's no gummy bears anywhere in sight. There's None of that. <laughs> It's 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 hardcore cooking. Everybody's nice to each other. But at the same time, it's it's you know, they go at it. It's great.
0: I, I love that you mentioned the open because I actually posted that in my story the other night when uh when I was watching the the premiere. And I you kind of get chills. It's just it's shot really well. It's fun. It's like dramatic. Um, No, I think it's I think it feels fresh. And I and I you mentioned like this speakeasy Vibe that you tried to go for—it feels like that. It feels like this exclusive club that we all got invited to. Uh, But I'm curious—I mean, you mentioned you know these three titans that you that you handpicked. What was like the criteria for picking them? Obviously, you are an expert at competitive cooking. So, what makes each of these chefs, um, you know, fit for this arena?
1: Well, first and foremost, they have to be amazing cooks. Period. Okay, there's no like no one here got picked because. like they fit into the suit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This was, this was all, I, for me, as you know, it's all about the cooking first and foremost. That's the most important thing. So, you know, I picked Brooke Williamson because Brooke always goes for the craveability of things. She always knows how to make things taste delicious. And she always figure, figures out her, her way out of the puzzle. And then, and I got to know Brooke more on the set of, bar, of uh, Barbecue Brawl, where she's a judge. And, um, and so she, she, so I, so I, so I had Brooke in mind. Michael Voltaggio is c- completely, you know, in the best way out of his mind when it comes to coaching. <laughs> I mean, he, he, but he, he thinks along lines that most of us don't. And the thing I love about Michael is he doesn't, he, he's going to take the risk every single time. Is it going to be a home run every time? No, it's not. But when it is, you're like, your mouth is open because you can't believe what he's been able to accomplish. And so I love Michael because he's always on the high wire. Now, Tiffany Derry, I met years and years ago and people kept getting, me, kept getting in my ear about her, but I hadn't really eaten her food. So I got on a plane, not to, without telling her, and I <laughs> went to her restaurant called Root Southern Kitchen in Dallas. And I just, you know, I made the reservation in a different name. I I, I went with my culinary advisor and we put it in her name and we sat down and like the whole restaurant was like, um, Bobby Flay's here. (laughs) And she didn't even,
0: you weren't in disguise. She didn't even,
1: she didn't even come to the table. What? No, (laughs) she was like, okay. She was in the kitchen. It's a small restaurant. So I was watching everything she was doing and we had, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. One of the best meals in memory. So then I went, of course, I went into the kitchen. I was like, how's it going? She's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm here because I haven't eaten your food and I'm considering you for a really big deal. And she then came out to the table and um, she described to me her life. And part of her life is travel, a big part of her life. And I was like, where have you been? And she's like, I've been everywhere. She's like, I've been to China, I've been to Italy. I mean, she went on and on and on. And as she's saying this, I'm thinking about the food I just ate, which is this foundation from the South, because that's where she's from. And it looks like Southern food, but it tastes like something completely different. And it works. Like the word fusion is usually a bad word. And I wouldn't even put fusion next to this. She has created her own cuisine. And, you know, she brings, you know, peppers from... You know, turkey and you know, uh, you know, you know, sauces from Asia, like and it, and it, and she works it into her food in the most elegant way. It's I, I'll tell you right now, I don't want to mess with her in the kitchen. <laughs> she she is scary dangerous because she's got so many arsenals. The three of them combined, I'm I'm serious. They are tough, tough, tough to beat. And um, you know, we were very concerned. We've shot six episodes so far. We were concerned that they were just gonna crush everybody you know one chef comes in and don't forget that one chef has to go up against each one of them one at a time by the third round they're tired (laughs) you know it's like and and they're getting a fresh titan you know each time yeah and um all i'll tell you because i can't tell you the results of course but um they don't win every time
0: okay so there's some upsets
1: there's some upsets and and man it's emotional i mean it's like these people don't want to lose but one of the things I said to them from the very beginning was, I just want you to understand something. You guys win every day. Every day of your life, you guys win in some way, shape, or form. You have great careers. You have a great life. You're not going to win every day here. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm just telling you. That's just the way it goes. And as you know, my shows are completely legit. So we, there's, no, there's no game playing. But I know somebody's going to come in here and catch you off balance. And – all I'll say is when they don't win they are ladies and gentlemen to the to the greatest extent and that to me is the most important thing yeah ha- it's not about how you win it's about how you lose <laughs>
0: that that's very well said i think in a lot of facets of life um that can be that can be true um what what do you think that the strategy should be for somebody coming in like do you want to go up against like who you perceive to be like your toughest competition first, or do you want to save that for the end?
1: Well, it's a great question and I'm always surprised at how, why they pick people, but they have to pick somebody, you know, basically what happens is I give them the ingredients and there's two ing- in the first two rounds, I give them two ingredients and they, and the ingredients make sense to each other. It's like potatoes and chives or red snapper and mangoes, like things. It's, it's not like, I'm not trying to throw you off. I'm trying to make you think about 30 different things you can do and do make you pick the right path. <laughs> so it's almost, it's almost like an opposite sort of con in a way, you know what I mean? So I'm not trying to throw you off, I wanna see beautiful food. And that's what the chefs really appreciate, all of them. They all appreciate, the visiting chefs and the, and the house chefs, they all appreciate the fact that they're just able to cook the best food that they can. Now, just so you know, in the first two rounds it's worth 10 each, 10 points, but the, set, the last round is worth 20. So even if the visiting chef, let's say, lost the first round by one and lost the second round by two points, he or she are now down by three. There's 20 points in the balance in the last round, so they can still win.
0: So they can make it up, yeah. So if,
1: I, if it was me, I would pick the person that I was least worried about for the last, right? Because they have 20 points.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So, that, but, you know, who knows why people pick? I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. It's like, and don't forget, a lot of times they know each other. Yeah, you no, know, it's a small community, especially at the top level of, of where we're competing. So when I bring a chef in, it's like there's a chance they know at least one, two or three of them.
0: Here's another thing I, I was curious about, which I feel like I already know the answer. But I, I know one thing that you really pride yourself on for Beat Bobby Flay is that all of the dishes are judged hot. And my eagle eye watching, you know, how many dishes do they have to prepare for each round? I is I assume that's the case here as well. It's
1: 100 percent. Right? It um, they, they, they the the the. The judges taste them off the line, one hundred percent off the line. It they taste them immediately.
0: Why is that so important?
1: It's so important because the chefs are cooking them as if they were going to feed you right, right now. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we do. We cook. We don't. We don't. We don't cook in our restaurants so we can. Feed, so you can eat it forty-five minutes later after the cameras are turned around, <laughs> and that's what happens in a lot of these shows, unfortunately. And the judges obviously take that in consideration. But like, I don't want them to have to take that in consideration. I don't want them to think about, well, if it was, if it was, if it was still warm, would the sauce be congealed like this? Or, you know, because things change very, very quickly when it comes to food. And so I want, I want the chefs to be able to put their best foot forward. And I want the judges to get a sense of that. And there's only one judge a night.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: There's only one judge a night and they only, they don't know who the judge is until after the first round. (laughs) <laughs> so then then the judge comes out, reveals who they are, taste the dishes and they they can listen to what the judge is saying. So then they can they can use that as strategy going into the last two rounds.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it because it's yeah. Your strategy might change after that first round. Sure. No, know, knowing who it is, you yes. know, knowing what their their feedback was and, and that kind of thing. No, it's a it's a great show. I hope everybody checks it out. Um, it's 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 awesome. It's so exciting and so fresh and fun. Um, and, and speaking of be Bobby Fly, we can't have you on without asking you at least a couple questions. Um, so on a scale of one to ten. How tired are you of getting asked if you know the chef's signature dishes beforehand? 10. <laughs> like a 20, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, 10, 20, 30, 40. You know, it's like, it, it, listen, everybody always wants to know the behind the scenes stuff. And I, and, I, I, and I totally get it. But like, you know, we've been doing that show for, I think we've had 450 episodes or something like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, look. And, and also we do the same thing there that we do it on Triple Threat, which is that the chef's, the, the judges eat the food right off the line and blind. They, they're eating it. They don't, they don't watch the competition and there's a tasting tent behind the scenes and they, and they taste it and they are not allowed to change their mind when they come out and taste it again. <laughs> that's it. Because we don't want them saying, oh, I wanted to vote for this person instead or anything like that. Because now that food is a little bit colder than it should have been. But that's just TV food. They've already eaten it, tasted it, and we've, and we've documented all their comments. So that, so that when, if they forget to say something, we tell them in your ear, don't forget, you said this was like a little too overcooked. Yeah. It's a great show.
0: It's a great show. I think it's brilliant. Um, I mean, and at this point it is so synonymous with food network. When you started this, you know, 450 episodes ago or whatever it was, did you ever think it would have the longevity that it, that it's had? I mean,
1: I, I was hopeful that it would have longevity. I mean, I think it's been 10 years. I mean, it's crazy. And it doesn't get old. I mean. Really? And, and the rating is really good. I mean, it mm-hmm. just keeps on going, you know? And um, I don't, I never get tired of doing it. Like when I, when I, I get, I call it the, I call it the beat zone, which is like, you know, cause some, sometimes we, you know, we shoot 40 or 50 at a, at a clip and, it's wild. you know, so I'm just, You shoot for I'm two just, a day I'm for just, like
0: six it, weeks. It's wild. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I just, I just get into that zone where I'm like, okay, so I have to host and I have to cook you know, two shows a day for the next however, and let's go, let's go do it. And I, I actually have a blackboard in my apartment and I just, I just click one off every time I come, come home and, and you know, I just <laughs> count them down. But, um, it's a, it's such a fun show. And the, the team that we have there is so great. And the thing that I love about it, um, this is a little behind the scenes stuff is that people like you come on, Um, you know, we have other, other celebrities as well that come on. And of course, a lot of the food network chefs come on and they all tell me the same thing. Um, rock shrimp, which is my production company that runs B Bobby Flay. Like, they're like, it's so organized here. You guys are so great to us. It's so on time. And it's because I'm standing, you know, because it's my production company and I'm the, and I'm the talent, so to speak, but they know I'm standing and watching every single thing. And I keep them to time. If we're if we're like five minutes behind, I say make it up, because I don't want you guys are you you guys are, are giving us your time and it's very valuable time. And I want if I if I say to you you're going to be out by three o'clock, I want you out by three o'clock, not six thirty, you know. And that that happens that, that happens a lot in TV. You know, it's like things just go longer than they than they than than, than than they were expecting to go. It happens all the time, one thing or the other. But it but I I really besides focusing on cooking and hosting and trying to make the best show possible i want you guys to have a great experience too yeah so i want you to come back yeah
0: i know i mean i, I agree it's a it's a well-oiled machine I, in fact that just reminded me the very first time i did this show i i had done sports center in the morning from seven to ten you guys sent a car picked me up at the studio and drove down to new york yeah. for the afternoon session and we got stuck in a little bit of traffic and I felt so terrible because I know okay. like how on time you guys are. It was, a, it wasn't too late, but uh, no,
1: we, we invited you back many times.
0: You did. I mean, yeah. So apparently it didn't hurt my chances of coming back. No, it was a lot of fun. How many times have you done it? I've done it six. The sixth one has not aired yet. So okay. yeah, cool. no, it's a, it's always a blast. But now that you've kind of done both, you know, you've done the hosting and cooking and now you're just hosting and mentoring, which which do you like better?
1: I like them both, actually. I mean, I have to say, like, you know, cooking is my number one love and passion for sure. And sometimes it's hard for me, like on triple threat, not to grab a sauté pan. But, you know, <laughs> you never know.
0: <laughs> you know. Oh, you, oh, is that a you fun teaser? Know. Oh. I, listen, okay. I
1: don't want people to think I'm never going to get back in the kitchen in that show. I mean, I'm still doing beat, of course. Yeah. And a, co- and a bunch of other, you know, things. But... Listen, you, you if you ever a stove turned on and I'm and I'm nearby, there's a chance I'm gonna put my apron on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a great teaser. Um, you know, you've done so many food network shows over the years. Do you have a favorite? Do you have one that's like special to your heart? Or are they all like it's like your children, you you can't pick one.
1: I mean, honestly, I've had so many great shows. I I, I miss doing the the straight up cooking shows. You know, we had Boy Meets Grill, which was one of my first cooking shows, my first grilling shows that, that was so successful. Um, you know, Throwdown, and I I really believe kind of changed my TV career a little bit um, in, in the best way. Um, Beat Bobby Flay has been, I mean, just, you know, rem- a remarkable part of my career. And I'm really excited about Triple Threat. And anything I do with Sophie, I mean, you know, yeah. anything I can do with Sophie is is not work. So to me, that's like, you know, I'm getting paid for not even doing anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have obviously enjoyed watching you over the years and we'll continue to do so in many years to come. And uh, I could sit here and talk to you about TV and food and sports for that matter for for days, but we are running uh, towards the end of our time. So we're going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question for you on Food Network Test. All right. So when you're short on ingredients at the house, what do you throw together that always hits the spot?
1: Uh, zucchini pasta. So it's like, it's toasted zucchini. When I say toasted, toasted in a pan, Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, uh, spaghetti, uh, salt and black pepper and some, some fresh herbs like basil. If you have it, that's it.
0: Mm, That sounds delicious. Um, all right. Names you call nacho besides nacho, uh,
1: notch and nachi. (laughs)
0: <laughs> cat <Yeah. laughs> um speaking of nachos it is football season so what's your favorite way to make nachos
1: um I always make my own queso sauce because to okay. me that's what really nachos okay. is about is about the cheese agreed so I always feel like like when you melt cheese it's not I don't know it's not as satisfying enough I want a cheese sauce so I make a I queso- am the same way <laughs> okay so I make a queso sauce with lots of pickled jalapenos and pickled onions and then I you know what I do is I And I got this idea from Katie Lee. Okay. Okay. Because I did a, I did. She came to my house for Thanksgiving one year, and then the next, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. The next day, um, she knocked on my door, and she was like, "What's going on?" I go, "Katie, Thanksgiving was yesterday. We already ate. Like, don't you remember that?" She's like, (laughs) "I know, but I'm here for the leftovers." And we made Brussels sprout nachos. What? So we took the roasted Brussels sprouts, sliced them up, put them on the tortillas. Queso sauce, it was delicious. And it also makes you feel like you're eating something healthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Brussels sprouts nachos. I'll have to ch- check that out. Um, yeah. All right, if you can eat one thing for the rest of your life, what is it?
1: Oh, one thing?
0: Only one thing. Oh, God, that's such
1: a hard question. A cheeseburger.
0: Cheeseburger. Yes, okay. for sure. <laughs> if you could describe your life in one word, what would it be? Uh,
1: I'm going to use two words, exciting and exhausting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That sounds about right. All right. Last rapid fire. Who is your inspiration?
1: Sophie. I mean, no question about it. I mean, you know, I've had some uh, wonderful mentors in my life like, you know, Joe Allen, Jonathan Waxman. Um, But, you know, when it gets right down to it, why do I do it all for Sophie? For sure.
0: I love that. Um, all right. Our final question. We ask everybody this question on Food Network Obsessed. Everybody has a different answer. So what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. There are no rules. Calories don't count. You can time travel, regular travel. Anybody can cook this for you. Uh, yeah, it's your day. We just want to hear your ideal meals. on. Oh,
1: I have to pick a chef? Too? No, you don't
0: have to. But if you want to, if, if, okay. you, if you have a specific... Dish that's only prepared by this one person. I mean, that's fine. But it's just basically no rules. It's your day.
1: I, I'll tell you right now. I want Michael Simon to cook for you. Okay. Because I Because, I mean, some people know this and some people don't. We're like best of yeah, friends. Yes, so you
0: guys are BFFs. And
1: so, I, I, so besides the fact that I, he's a great chef, I know that he'll cook this with some serious love. So I will say <clears throat> um, for breakfast, I either want a breakfast sandwich or Eggs Benedict. I'll let him decide okay. <laughs> for, um, uh, so he's cooking all the meals or are you? No. Yeah. He's well, and then I'm going to go for lunch. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to pasties and have steak free. Okay. I just love that place. <laughs> and I, who doesn't like French fries? And then, um, and then what is it? And then for dessert, Dinner.
0: we ought to know dinner.
1: Oh, for, di- oh, dinner. Um, so, uh, so for dinner, I'm going to go to Los Colio, um, in the, in Norano on the, on the Amalfi coast. And there's a pasta called, um, it, well, it's spaghetti, but there's, there's a, there's a, there's a crustacean called chicala, which looks like a snub nosed lobster. And it's only in that region. And, uh, so I, I'll have L- Los Colio make me the, uh, spaghetti with chicala. They know that they know, they know that's my call. And then for dessert... I'll go to my restaurant amalfi Malfi and have Bobby's Pistachio Sunday because that's why it's called Bobby's Pistachio
0: <laughs> Sunday. What's on Bi- Bobby's Pistachio Sunday?
1: So it's, it's homemade p- pistachio gelato, pistachio, um, you know, like um, brittle. Oh, okay. And then a pistachio chocolate sauce and then uh, those amarano cherries from, from the south of Italy. It's so good. And, of whipped cr- and whipped cream, of course.
0: Of I, course. I'm a
1: pistachio gelato fiend. I, I was saying before, <laughs> ice cream is my thing, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I like, I love gelato. I love a pistachio gelato as well. Um, no, it sounds like a perfect Bobby Flay food day and um, so many exciting things going on right now. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to chat about them with us and so looking forward to the rest of Bobby's Triple Threat.
1: Thank you so much, Jamie. It's always good to hang out with you. you.
0: Uh, catching up with Bobby was everything I hoped it would be and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well you can watch his new show Bobby's Triple Threat Tuesdays at 9 8 Central on Food Network and streaming on Discovery Plus and of course pick up a copy of his new book Sundays with Sophie Flay Family Recipes for any day of the week which is out October 11th make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing and if you enjoyed today's episode please rate and review we love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.